Father, we thank you that you so loved our world, you so loved our lives, that you had to give Jesus your son so that he could come and live in us. This life that we live, this freedom that we have, this peace that cannot pass away is all due to your desperation to get to us in and through your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you today. That's what we've been doing, Jesus. We've just been thanking you, thanking you. Whether we feel it, whether we feel up, high, flying, or whether we feel low. There's a mix of people here this morning, Lord, but we've come with one intention. Whether life is good at the moment or life's bad, all of us have come here this morning just to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We really do appreciate you. We love you. We want to grow more to be like you. We want to reach and draw near to you in these days more than we ever have done. Father, we thank you for everything you've done for us and that we can call you dad. We can call you father in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout before we sit down. Woohoo! Fantastic. Let's give our musicians and singers, sound people, and yourselves a big, huge clap. Fantastic. Wonderful. Isn't it great just to be together this morning in God's presence? And um, over just the last few weeks, I've just been talking about there is no place like home. This is our home. This is our spiritual home. And you know, something wonderful happens when we come together as God's family, as God's people. You know, the Bible says that we're not to forsake, to, we're not to forsake the assembling or the coming together of God's people. Bible tells us to make it a priority to be together. And the reason for that is that something wonderful happens when we come together. Something happens. We, we praise God as his people. We thank him. We, we, we recognize him as our Lord and Savior collectively together. In fact, David said this. He said, let's magnify. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You see, when we come together, we magnify God you know, we've been living out in the world all week and uh, sometimes problems and situations and circumstances are glorified and magnified and there's this big huge problem, there's this big huge picture that emerges that can crush you and it can, it can seem to belittle your faith and, and your ideals and your belief but if we, if we follow the Bible's advice which is the only certain advice that you would want to follow, and we magnify the Lord together, 
what happens is the picture that's been developing from the world around you all week suddenly comes into perspective because you magnify God. And sometimes when you come into God's presence, you may come in, you know, sort of, you know, in a, in a, uh, a ragamuffin condition. You, you may have come in with life having, ha, ha, uh, you may come in uh, having had life bite a big hole into your life through the week. But when you leave, you leave a different person. You leave in a different frame of mind. You leave in a different state of being. Why is that? It's because you've come together with God's family, with God's people, and you've magnified the Lord collectively. That's what we've done. And all around this room this morning, I guarantee you that that what would have happened is that your life and the experiences of your life would have come into perspective as a result of getting a fresh revelation, a fresh understanding of Jesus coming close to you. So the mountain doesn't look so big when you leave this place or so towering over you. Why? Because Jesus has come close to each and every one of us. There's wonderful, wonderful blessing when we are together as God's people in his house. There is wonderful blessing to being this house together, to have our roots run down into this house and to be God's people. There really is. Now, last week we looked at Psalm 92 where David spoke about the future of the righteous with certainty. There are, there are facts about your future that God declares over your life as a righteous person that are certain. They're not maybe, you know, there's no variance about it. God doesn't talk with, you know, uncertain language. Well, maybe if the circumstances are right, if the environment are right around my people, then maybe this will come off. No, God, when he speaks about your future and my future as a righteous person, he speaks with clarity, he speaks with certainty, and it will happen. As a result of being planted in God's house, There are things about your future that you can expect to happen and they will take place. Psalm 92, David itemizes them very clearly. First, he says, the righteous will flourish. Your future is going to flourish as a result of being planted in the house of God. Your future is going to flourish wherever you are, out there in the world, in your family. Your friends are going to see it. Expect your work work colleagues to see it. One of the outcomes of your life is going to be an outcome of flourishing before people. You are going to flourish. David, uh, under the inspiration of God's Spirit, when talking about the righteous, says, you will flourish. So you can expect to see it. Regarding your future, you will flourish. He also says, not only will you flourish, you will grow. And he's not, you know, talking just about, you know, physical things. He's talking about your mind, your life, your well-being, your circumstances. There's going to be growth. 
There's not going to be deterioration. You're not going to regress in your life. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 10. He says, the devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an opponent that wants you to regress in life. There is an opponent that wants your life to diminish. But Jesus said, I've come. You're going to have life. life. Life more abundantly as a result of me in it. Your life is, is going to be abundant. It's not going to regress. It's not going to deteriorate. It's going to grow. When you have abundant life in you, when you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, your life is going to be abundant. It's not going to be problem-free, but there's going to be a life of God inside of you that's going to enable you to go through every circumstance, every storm, and you're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to regress. You're not going to, you know, go into reverse mode. No way. You've got abundant life. That's, that's the life of Jesus inside you. It really is fantastic. You're going to flourish. You're going you're gonna to grow. Your life is going to grow. It's going to be abundant. David said that. Jesus said that. We can expect that. Our future is going to flourish. Our future life is going to grow. Paul talked about that to the church. He said, growing up into Christ. What a wonderful experience. We haven't got to get by life. We haven't got to get by human experience. We've got a super abundant new life in Christ Jesus. Because we live in him. We move in him. We have our being in him. Our whole sphere of life is not just natural and get by. Our whole sphere of life is divine, supernatural, energized by the power and the anointing and the Spirit of God. It's wonderful. It's glorious. When you begin to see it, realize it, but not only read about it, actually experience it. Christianity, the Christ life, is not a the, you know it's not a theory for, for doctors and theologians to speak about the Christ life is an actual experience. It really is. Wonderful. So your life is going to flourish, your life is going to grow. It's all in your future. And also it's going to be fresh. David talked about in Psalm 92, your life is going to be fresh well into old age. Come on, believe it, people. Believe it. Even in your old age, you will be fresh. Woo! Fantastic. There's going to be a freshness. There's going to be a newness. There's going to be a crispness about your life. And Paul talked about it. We referred to it in 2 Corinthians where Paul said, listen, we know that our outward man is deteriorating. We know that sometimes our outward man is going to be overwhelmed, but our inward man, the core of our being, our spirit life is renewed every day. Every day, there's a counter life that counters the circumstances, the problems, the things that tries to oppose you. There's a counter in life. It's an inner life. It's the Christ life. Paul said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Newness of life inside, flourishing, flourishing, growing, fresh, even into old age. This is what David tells us 
is, is the blessing and the future of the righteous. Those who are planted, those who are rooted, those who stay immovable in the house of God that have put their, their roots down into the soil of the place where God has planted them, that is written over your life. Flourishing, growing, and fresh. Hallelujah. Let me read it to you. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15, again. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He or she shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. You know, last week we just identified six characteristics of the palm tree. David said that the righteous are like a palm tree. And we identified six characteristics of this palm tree that God wanted, to us, God wanted us to understand for us to see the, the, uh, the fabric of what this righteous life is. And firstly, we said that the palm tree will bend but not break in a storm, where other trees will break under the pressure and under the gale of a storm. The palm tree just simply bends over. And it's unbreakable. The nature of the palm tree is an unbreakable nature. And God, likening the righteous to the, to the palm tree, he says, you will be unbreakable in the storm. What circumstances are besetting you? What situations are pressing, pressing down on you? Yes, you may bend. Yes, you may, may feel the stress of it. Yes, you may feel the gales come. But you'll not break under that, God says, because you're righteous. Because you're planted in God's house. And you're going to flourish. The storm is not going to wipe you out. The storm is not going to threaten you like it threatens others. Because you're righteous, because you're planted, because you're flourishing, because you're growing, because you'll be fresh even into old age. Nothing's going to take you out like the palm tree. Let the storm come. Let the circumstances come. You'll just simply bend. But at the end of it all, you'll still be standing. Paul said, having done all to stand, remain standing. You're not going down, church, he says. You're not going down, believer. You're like a palm tree in the storm. You'll bend, but you will not break. Stand and continue to stand. That is the Zoe life of God in a man or in a woman that has a resilience against the circumstances of life that try to take you out. That's the power of being planted in God's house. No, like the, like the palm tree, you'll bend in the storm, but you'll not break. Also, the palm tree not only survives, but flourishes in the desert. We looked at that, how you can go through a wilderness, dry desert, experience and you know you'll not be affected by the drought you'll not be affected by the arid dry land about you your externals will not define you 
You know, I was thinking just about that where Jesus went into the wilderness. It says that he came up out of the waters of baptism and suddenly the heavens opened and his father said to him, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What a wonderful blessing to have the father of glory open the heavens and declare and authenticate his son publicly. This is my son. This is the one in whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit came upon him and suddenly the Bible says after that wonderful blessing, he was driven into the wilderness. He was led by the spirit into a dry place. But that dry wilderness that he was there in, in for 40 days didn't destroy him. He flourished in the wilderness. He flourished under the test. Why? Because his roots were in the Father. His life came not from that around him. There was no life around him. His life was anchored in knowing the Father's life in him. And then suddenly at the end of it all, when he was at his weakest moment, the devil came and tempted him. And what did he tempt him on? He tempted him on what the Father had spoke to him 40 days before. The things that the Father will speak to you into your heart. Be prepared, you will be tested on. Three times the devil came to him. If you are the Son of God, excuse me. 40 days before he comes out of the water and the heavens open and the Father says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And then he was assaulted with doubts and questions as to his sonship. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do that. If you are. But Jesus not responding or listening to any of that. Completely assured in his identity, in who he was, spoke back and said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the devil had to go. And he had to leave him. What was that? What was happening? Jesus was demonstrating that even in a wilderness, even in a desert, the righteous can flourish like a palm tree. The righteous can be evergreen, ever fruitful, even in the driest of seasons. Oh, my friends, there's messages all over this. There's, there's messages out to every single one of us. It doesn't matter what storm you're going through. It's not going to break you. It doesn't matter how dry or arid life is treating you and the experience of life is coming down on you. It doesn't matter. You will flourish as a result of being righteous. The palm tree is not, not only survives, but flourishes in the desert. We said also that the, the palm tree can withstand abuse. We also said that the, the older the palm tree gets, the sweeter the fruit is. Woo-hoo! And we talked about Helen finding a man. Didn't we, Helen? And we said she's a foxy lady. And we said that one day she's going to be down here and we're all going to be invited to the wedding. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be awesome. And if you're brave enough to take on Helen, then we'll give you good marriage counseling. And we may even do the service this morning because Helen's up for it, then you, Helen. 
Yoo-hoo! And Norma, I'm telling you now, Norma beside her. If you think Helen's bad, Norma's even worse. Come on, Norma. <laughs> She's a raver, I tell you. Haley took him to Brighton, right? They took Haley saying, don't tell him. They, they wrecked Brighton. They wrecked the place. Brighton didn't know what hit them. Because when those ladies got in the car, it was like a flipping, moving rave. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. Oh, man, I tell you what. They're fantastic. But the older you get, Helen, the sweeter, the fruit. Woo! Come on, yay! The older the palm tree gets, the sweeter the fruit. And also we said that the palm tree cannot be moved or transplanted. Its placement is permanent. If God's placed you in this place, if your roots are run down into this place, your place is permanent. You're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Your place is permanent this morning. Why? Because that is the nature, the characteristic of somebody who is righteous. It really is. Can't be transplanted. Can't be taken out and put somewhere else. No, your placing here is permanent. Thank God for that. How many times I look back over the, over the years now, how many times as, as things and circumstances and people and the enemy tried to move us out, tried to transplant us into another place, but our roots have gone down. Our placement is permanent here. It really is. And then finally, number six, we said that the palm tree, the bark of the palm tree will not burn. It won't burn. It's no good, right? If you want to make a fire, don't use a palm tree because you won't light one. Its bark will not burn. The tree will not burn. It just has that unique characteristic about it. And, you know, the the symbolism is all here. Jesus said, once your life is in my hand, nobody will snatch you out of it. Your salvation is secure. It may have been that we we were destined for hell on, on one hand, but I'm telling you now, as soon as God's saving grace came into our lives... That our future was, was secured in him and nobody can take you out of his hand. Hallelujah. Woo! He's in this place. Let's give him a shout this morning. Woo! Fantastic. Now, just after this, when you go in and move into Psalm 93... You begin to see that David begins to speak about God in a wonderful way. He gets a wonderful revelation, a wonderful picture of who God is, of who the Lord is. And it's all a result of being planted in the house of God. You see, when you're planted in the house of God, what happens is you don't, you know, just come together like we come together and do what we do. Suddenly your your whole mind... Your whole understanding, your whole picture of God becomes enlarged. It gets changed. It, 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 
David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let's make him bigger. And together as we make him bigger, our understanding of God gets bigger. And David begins to talk about this this wonderful picture that unfolds before him as a result of having his roots planted in God's house. He says things like this, the Lord reigns. He's supreme in his power. This isn't a man that's just trying, you know, to fill a page with words. This is a man that's, that's, that literally is having an encounter, an encounter moment with God like Mark had. Mark will never ever be able to erase what Jesus did in that circumstance, in that, in that crisis that was completely impossible, Mark will never ever be able to re- erase that from his mind. He'll tell his children it. His children will tell his grandchildren it. Because he understands now in a different degree that God reigns. He's supreme in power. He can come into a crisis moment where there is no hope. And David gets a moment like this as a result of being planted in God's house. He says, wow, my life is flourishing. My life is growing. My, my, my life is fresh. Even into old age, I see all of that. But there's a new picture emerging and you hear about it in Psalm 93. He says, God reigns. He's supreme in power. He's clothed with majesty and strength. The world is placed and held together by his power. Oh God, he says, you're from everlasting to everlasting. (laughs) You're from everlasting to everlasting. He just sees the majesty of God, the the beauty of God. He sees the supreme power of God to be able to hold everything together, but but also to be able to come into life circumstances that beset us. He gets this wonderful picture, this wonderful understanding as a result of being in God's house. And then life brings him back to reality. Have you ever had moments like that where you get this wonderful encounter with God, where he comes close, where you sense his love, you feel secure, you feel so safe because he's there with you. You feel protected. You don't feel vulnerable. You don't feel isolated. You don't feel alone. Everything's secure. You understand that he's supreme in power. You understand that he's holding it all together. You understand that he's from everlasting to everlasting and then life comes and suddenly it tries to shatter that picture. It tries to break apart that security that you've had as a result of having an encounter with God. And that's what David has in Psalm 93. On one hand, as a result of being planted in God's house, he gets this wonderful security from seeing God, understanding his nature and his person. And then life comes along and it tries to attack the wonderful encounter that he's had. 
Psalm 93, verse 3 to 5, he says, after seeing God, he talks about almost like hurricane conditions coming towards the palm tree. He talks about a storm that's so hard and so severe. He says, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their waves. But then he says, he turns his attention again, away from what's happening around him and outside of him. And he says, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. You see, this is the response of a man, a righteous man that is planted in God's house. This is the response of a man toward life and circumstances and the crises that come towards him. This is the response of a man that's completely grounded in who God is. The floods have lifted up their voice, he says. The floods have lifted up. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. And yet David is still secure in who God is. And today, all around us, there may be floods being lifted up in circumstances. We've prayed for them. Prayer requests, different needs, floods being lifted up. Floods like a voice predicting and dictating what is going to happen. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. Your safety and your security is going to be removed as a result of what's coming. And the floods come towards this man. But because he's planted in God's house, because his source is not in and of himself, his source and his strength is in God. He says, Lord, you are higher. You are higher than it all. You are on high. You are mightier than the noise. Sometimes life has a deafening noise about it. Sometimes life with its fears, with its anxieties, with its pressures, with its circumstances has a deafening noise. And you can't find any relief from it. David couldn't stop the noise. He couldn't stop the deafening voice of circumstance and crisis clashing and hitting him as a man of God. But he lifts his voice up. And whilst he couldn't stop the deafening noise of the storm and the voice of it all. He declares, Lord, you are high. You're higher than it all. You are mightier than it all. Even than the mighty waves of the sea. You're greater than it all. And for some of us this morning, I know that are here. That noise and that violence of the storm has come in, with such force, shockingly, hit in your life but because you're steadfast in him because your roots 
or down. It doesn't mean to say that it's going to be easy, but you're going to come on through. You're going to come on through because you recognize the fact that he's higher than it all and he's going to bring you through. He really is. He really is. Verse 5, just a little down. David says, your testimonies are very sure. Holiness. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Your testimonies are true. Your testimonies are sure. What is he saying? Listen, all of this stuff is happening to me. The gales are blowing. The storm is coming. It's almost like hurricane conditions in my life at the moment. Everything around me is uncertain and unsettled. But I'm, I'm planted in the house of the Lord like a palm tree, like a cedar of Lebanon. My roots have gone down. This storm may cause stress on my life, but it's not going to break me. It's not going to break me. And he turns his eyes to God. He doesn't deny that the waves and the gale and the storm are coming. He doesn't deny it, but he uses it as a point to focus again his heart on God. And he says, do you know what? Your testimonies, your word is, is, is sure, Lord. And I'm going to prove it in this storm. I'm going to use these waves. I'm going to use the noise of the crisis of the, and, and of the circumstance to stand up and declare your word. Your word is unchanged. Your word is settled in the heavens. Your word will not return to you void concerning the plans that you have for me. It will come to pass, just like you've declared it. This storm will come. This storm will go. But I will remain focused and centered on your word. Your word, your testimonies are sure. Listen, there's nothing like life to knock you off center. But take hold of the word of God. Take hold of it. Believe it. Don't let it go. Don't be shaken free from your anchored place in the promises of God. Let the word of Christ, the Bible says, dwell within you. Not in a little measure, not in a meager measure, but Paul says, richly, let it dwell within you richly. So when life hits you, you hit back with the word of God. You hit back with the promises of God. You hit back just like Jesus hit back when the devil tried to knock him off center. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And he went into the wilderness in the fullness of the Spirit. But after the wilderness, because he was flourishing like a palm tree, it says he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Woohoo! Oh, come on, church. The, the, the wilderness is not going to destroy you. Life is not going to destroy you. It's going to define you. It's going to enlarge you. David said, through my adversity, you enlarged me, Lord. Adversity didn't diminish David. Adversity didn't cause David to regress and back off. God used and allowed adversity to come into David's life so that he could become stronger. And greater. That's what happens to the righteous. It really is. It really is. 
And David, through it all, a man with such a checkered life experience. That's why I love reading the Psalms. A huge, huge checkered life experience. In amidst it all, whether it was on the run for his life from a jealous king, whether it was hiding in a cave looking for the next meal, whether it was running from his son that, that, that wanted to murder him, his own son, David, with all of the checkered life experiences, never, ever allowed the word of God to go out side of the circumference of his experience of life no matter what he went through and that's why he's such a great example to us your testimonies are sure and then he says holiness 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 adorns your house O lord forever what did he mean by that i'm gonna ask the musicians to come as we just close this area now what did he mean what did he mean by that? Holiness adorns, holiness adorns your house, O oh Lord, forever. There's no place like home, church. There's no place like home. There's no place like the house of God to lay your roots down, church. Because you'll flourish You'll flourish like the palm tree. You'll be stable and anchored like the cedar tree. There's no place like home, church. Why? Because holiness adorns the house of the Lord. What is he saying? What does he mean? When you talk about the holiness of the Lord, you're talking about something that's completely detached from anything we know or anything that we've ever experienced. When you talk about the holiness of God, it's something so pure, something so beautiful, something that is so undefinable, something indescribable. The holiness of God. Holiness, he says, adorns your house. When you come into this place, when we congregate together, when we obey the admonishment of Scripture where it says, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. Why does it say that? Because holiness adorns the house. Holiness adorns the people of God. And this is what it means. The house of God is a separate place. The house of God, the church, the family, the home of God that we are is completely detached from the world that you've just come out of. You've come into another world this morning where God is father of the house. You've come into another place, into another world where holiness adorns it, where perfection and beauty meet, where peace is is the natural air, the natural environment where joy is your strength. Holiness adorns this place. That's why there's no place like here, this home, and other homes all around this land and all around this world called the Church of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Come on, let's give him a praise this morning. Let's give him a shout. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads for a few moments. Tony's just going to share some stuff with us. But let's open our hearts right now. There's people here who are broken inside. They cry out at night. When the world sleeps, you're awake, you're crying. You pray to God. Heaven may seem silent, but it ain't death. The life has many storms. You got storms in your life, unexpected, uninvited, and you don't know which way to go. You say, Jesus, please help me, God. I am broken. Life throwing punches at me. I can't take it no more. You're on your knees. You're crying. Drugs and alcohol rule your home and rule your life. And you became a monster inside because of the alcohol and, and the drugs. But you're broken. You've had enough of life. You can't take it no more. You, you have had suicidal thoughts. But you know, life is tough, it's rough. But like Pastor Dave has been preaching this morning. You come to Jesus, you get planted in the church, you get planted with Jesus. And when the storms of life come, it won't break you. Jesus will protect you. So we're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus. But the storms and the mountains are too high. You say, it's impossible. But Jesus says, I'm here with you now. This is your time. This is your moment. Those storms come crushing. It doesn't knock at the door. It doesn't knock. It just comes unexpected. Unexpected. But you know, you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Your heart is hard. But Jesus wants to roll a stone away. And speak life. He wants to breathe his Holy Spirit into your life. So that you can raise from that brokenness. Raise from the dead inside. So if you don't know Jesus this morning and you want to. Pray this prayer in your heart. I prayed it 24 years ago. And I've never looked back. And the storms have come. The storms in my life in 24 years of knowing Christ. But I've stood, I've stood on the rock of Christ. I didn't build my house on the sand, the Bible says. I didn't build it on the sand. And when storms come, it blew it down. I built my house on the rock of Jesus, the word of God. And when the storms come, they couldn't blow that house down because his foundations were on the rock. So today, you're going to know Jesus in your life. If you want to invite Jesus in your life, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, 
have your way have your way in the hearts of men women and children in this place their secrets their hidden agendas their issues you know you know you've seen their tears you bottled their tears you bottled them you saved them but Lord I pray those people who don't know you tonight this morning Lord it's going to be an invitation to know you if you people don't know Jesus but you want to know Jesus just pray this prayer with me just say these few words after me to invite Jesus as King of Kings Lord of Lords and Master of your life so here we go ready just pray this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus thank you for dying on the cross Lord Jesus the storms are unexpected in my life the mountains are high the tears run down my face but you can wipe them Lord Jesus come into my life forgive me of all my sins and my wrong doings Holy Spirit I invite you have your way in every area of my heart in every room in my life move I invite you in there Holy Spirit because you're the only one who can calm those storms in my life you're the only one who can flatten those mountains in my life so Lord Jesus forgive me of all my sins come into my life thank you Jesus for dying on that cross in Jesus name Amen every person who prayed that prayer I want everyone's eyes closed people in in church this morning, in this building, those of you who prayed that prayer, I want you to put your hand up so we can see for you, so we can just give you a little booklet just to see you know, what's happened this morning. There's people here this morning who found praying that prayer in their hearts, asking Jesus into life. Put your hands up so we can see you. Jesus. There's one here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's another one at the back there. Hallelujah. Jesus, Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, if everyone would like this to stand up, and if um, the stewards got the booklets, you can just, uh, there's a guy at the front here, and there's a gentleman, a uh, person at the back there on the right. And I just pass over to Pastor Dave now. Thank you, God bless you. Have a good morning. Awesome. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout. Christ is enough for us. Thank you, Jesus.